0: What's up? Devin Dismang here, and you've been listening to Behind the Lens with Roger Rojas.
1: Welcome back to another episode of Behind the Lens podcast with Roger Rojas. And today's guest is a four-time Emmy award-winning storyteller. Uh, he works in the NBA, works with many different pro athletes. I'm so excited to have Devin on the show. Devin, thank you so much for coming on.
0: Thank you so much, man. I truly appreciate uh, the invite. It's an honor to be here.
1: Uh, we've been going back and forth on the Gram, so I know this this podcast has been, you know, something we've been in the works for months, yes, and, yes. you know, we finally made it happen. We're both at a desk where we could do this. <laughs> so I want people to get to know you. Who is Devin?
0: Yeah, so Devin is a complex character by far, but he is a content creator first and foremost. Uh, right now, As a professional, I am an executive producer and creative director for professional athletes and their content. Um, And both of those roles, what do those entail? It's pretty much telling their stories, their way on their channels without the BS. No team filters, no brands, nothing. It's their voice strictly to the consumer. Um, And the reason I'm passionate about that, and this goes to the personal side of Devin, is that most of the athletes I work with, are black or people of color. So as a black man myself, I want to make sure their voices are amplified through any channel that's told um, through that. So that in a nutshell, on a professional side is Devin. Next to that, Devin is just a regular guy from Chicago who's trying to make his family proud on a daily basis and really wants to make sure his name and his legacy is built day in and day out. I love that.
1: Why did you get into content creation out of everything you could be doing? Oh,
0: <sighs> You know what's crazy is the, the road I got into content creation isn't the orthodox one. I didn't go to a film school. I didn't pick up a camera really until I was 25. Um, I'm 31 now. It's, it's interesting because I started in the entertainment side, live entertainment side. So events, games, shows, whatever it may be. But the one thing I love doing within those shows or those scripts or things I was making, next to the entertainment portion, of course, was telling the story. And as I got older, I realized, like, I want to keep doing this, but I want to do it in a way more impactful way than some live events can just be very short. They don't live on forever. I want a story that people can read over and over and over. And for me, it was movies. I loved movies. I loved watching those and documentaries. And then I just got into just picking up a camera one day and kind of recording my life behind the scenes with the teams I was working for, just me and my friends, you know, hanging out bullshit and stuff like that. And that in my mind was like, I really like doing this. How, how have I not looked into this as a career or like as an option? And when I was 26, I was, I was lucky to kind of jump into that realm professionally. Uh, and I was like, once I realized they told my first story and my first like full written Produced piece came out. I was like, "Yeah, this is this is the thing. This is what I've been searching for. I've been trying to figure out." So, um, since that day, I have been just trying to elevate my passion in regards to overall content creation, no matter the platform, no matter the avenue, no matter what the media itself is.
1: Something important that you reference was passion, right? And mm-hmm. as young content creators, which I I consider both of us very young in our careers, I'm only 27, you just said you're 31. One thing that I want people to remember and to hone on to is that moment. You had that moment of knowing, hey, this is something that I want to garnish and this is something I want to continue doing. Mm -hmm. At what point did that come? So you reference hanging out and like athletes, where did that opportunity come from? Was it a friend that called you? or is it most of an opportunity that you saw and you're like, I'm gonna pick up this camera and show up and film something?
0: Yeah, so I'll never, the moment was in 2015, I was working at Golden State at the time. And at the time I was double working as a game operations uh, manager for their G League team in Santa Cruz. And then as an associate at Golden State helping out on game day, game nights, doing the same thing I've been doing, right? Telling stories through game days, you know, I'd have somebody else edit the videos. I just press play make it work. We do a media day every year um, in between, right before the season. So that's where they get all the content to edit and push everything together. And one day I was finally asked to direct. Like I usually, they use the Golden State, we usually send somebody down to do it. This time they couldn't make it. They were like, hey, you got it. We know you have some sort like you've been around it, you got it. I like, all right, cool. I get into the room with these G League players And it's just me, them, a green screen, and then another setup to do interviews. It's about a six-hour day. I crank out all of these things and realize, wow, these guys are really responding to the way I am directing them or coaching them on camera. And And I've never done this. This is literally the first time I have personally done this. And we see the results. And I'm like, okay, these are are good. And again, us as creators, we're our worst critics. I'm like, yeah, this is cool. I think it looks great. Hopefully everybody else does too. Um, I get the feedback back two weeks later from the executive at the time at the Warriors, who was like, this is literally the best screen screen stuff I'd seen in years, especially professional, minor league, whatever. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I don't know what you did, but these players responded to you in a way that they don't respond to us. And for me, when I had that conversation, I was like, oh. I can really do this. I can really direct people on camera and really get them to be passionate and their honest selves because I've always equated being on camera to someone who's not used to it to like school picture day to where you always think you have to have your perfect face and like the perfect attitude or like, you know, you just have to make sure no hair is out of alignment, whatever it may be. So whenever a camera goes on, people kind of clam up and kind of stiffen mm-hmm. up and they're just not themselves. And I was able to get them to... Um, be themselves. So when I had this conversation with this higher exec at the time, I was kind of like, I can do this. This is, this is my moment. How do I take advantage of it? And I built from there. That's where I was like, all right, I want to learn the full ins and outs of telling the story visually through a camera. Um, so I was picking up my own camera, you know, YouTube university, hang, talking to some people I had at the um, Warriors organization or within the industry who kind of helped like me along. Like you should read this book. You should try this, do this when you're in your free time. Um, and that overall built to, you know, where I guess I'm at today.
1: You just gave us a timeline of how you came across an opportunity. After the opportunity, you felt what, is, what I call the momentum side of things, where you were built with confidence around people that mm-hmm. you look up to within your own space. And then I love how you just referenced YouTube University. That was the same thing <laughs> for me. You made YouTube your best friend. It's free. And most importantly, any question you have, it was there yeah passion only gets you so far motivation only gets you so far how did you deal with the challenges that came with being a creator with ultimately not knowing the answer
0: um i think the biggest challenge something that we all feel today is that imposter syndrome first and foremost as i touched on it previously but our we're our own worst enemy when it comes to stuff like this and the biggest challenge is literally your literal self telling you're you not good enough to do this. There's someone else out there doing amazing work. Why are you even attempting to do that? Um, and it's, again, it's still a challenge for me. It's still a challenge for everybody ever to talk to you. I think for me, what I do is I take like one or two deep breaths. I'm like, you're sitting in this chair for a reason. You're sitting in these emails and these meetings and these calls for a reason. There's no you don't need to doubt yourself. And then the other challenges are more so like that front facing stuff, right? Like we have a lot of people who don't respect quote unquote, the content creator because they're not a suit wearing person in the corporate industry or they're not, you know, working in Hollywood, right? Like people, like I know a lot of people working in the film industry look down on YouTubers and I'm like, actually they're just really good. You guys are both great at what you do. Why can't you learn from each other? Yeah. so those are the challenges I face. And for me, it's just more so asking those questions of why and how to kind of defeat those narratives of, well, this should be more challenging, or this shouldn't be as hard, or this is easy. Like, no, they all work the same way, in my opinion. It just has to fit whatever you're trying to do. So I deal with those challenges, honestly, head on. And you know, if I don't get an answer that I don't like, I'm not going to sit there and you know, pout about it or be upset. I'm going to try to move on to the next thing and build from it. The biggest thing is if you fail, especially in this industry, you gotta keep trying because if you don't, you're gonna phase out. And that's what's gonna get you more than anything, not just someone else telling you you're bad, but you giving up on yourself. So whatever challenges I've faced, i made sure never to give up on myself.
1: When you worked with the Warriors, how was that? Because you were there during what is known as the dynasty years, right? And, the Golden era, yeah, yeah. The golden era of having KD, Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, the squad. You know, everyone, uh, Green, right. um, Andre Iguodala, all these prime time players. What was that like?
0: Um, it was it was great. I mean, I, I don't have much in regards to what I did. I don't have much of one towards that. The experience I overall had, seeing history almost every single night, right. Was is something I'll never forget. I have memorabilia all around my home, somewhere in, in closets and shit like that. Um, it's incredible because every night we would go to work and never know what these guys were going to do. They were living their best lives every single night for like six years. It was the craziest thing to just to be a fly on the wall and and you know my role. I was the lead. Co- I was a lead producer as well as the manager of production. So my role at the time was I was at some point once I got promoted was to travel with the team and be this essentially a storyteller for the players through the team site whether it was some documentaries, social pieces, photos, whatever it may be and to see them live their lives the way they did on and off the court during this incredible time and even with all the media jargon and this and that, or who's coming back, or it may be, it was, it was special to be a part of all that, and I'm still, um, I luckily formed a lot of close relationships, we had a lot of players, coaches, staff at the time, and some that I still work with very closely to this day, some are my clients now, um, and it's, it, it was, it was an amazing time, for sure, in regards to that part of the job, for sure.
1: How do you go about managing uh, all these different projects? You work with so many different yeah. athletes, and especially the more high profile individuals, they could want the most time out of you. They want Devin. How do you go about managing that?
0: Um, I'm a, I'm big into just planning as much as possible um, and having plans A through Z. Uh, The biggest thing with athletes is they have, especially the ones I've worked with is that they have an idea and want to execute it, which is fine, but they'll tell you like, day of like hey we want to shoot this video i just had an idea while i was in the shower let's get this done today i'm like all right well let me look at my schedule i have six meetings let me see if i can move these six meetings so we can figure out a way to do it if i can't hey let's figure out a time for us to knock it out and then we'll and then i'll you know position it like hey let's do this tomorrow because then we can actually formulate the idea more things of that nature um but when i'm with those clients like let's say i have a shoot with the client i'm with them my phones do do not disturb We are creating. I don't have people bother me and I will get to everything else in the hours of when they're sleeping or when I'm not sleeping, right? Because as content creators we will shoot all day. And at some point, we have to go through all the footage or photos to get these out at a a reasonable time. Um, But I'll, I'll, you know, my my notes, my apps notes, my best friend, my reminders note is my best friend uh, and my Apple calendar is my best friend. I'm actually going to try a new project managing software i think this month What is it uh, called? uh notion i had a buddy of mine tell me about it um and i want to check it out because i was using monday.com uh for a while and i like i like the user interface it's just that for my budget it was a little too expensive so i'm looking for something for like a one-man band you should check and out click up click up i'm gonna check it out yeah i'm looking for i'm looking for something but yeah um Next to that, I have have a uh, content calendar for all of my clients on my Google Sheets. So they all have access to like, hey, here's my content for your day. You can use it. If you don't want to use it for today, we'll move it to another day. But here's the windows of time for you to post. Here's this. It's an all-inclusive service that they get on top of just the content being built because I could make all this great content, but if they're launching it at 2 a.m. where they're at no one's going to really see it because, you know, the Instagram algorithm is all over the place nowadays. So we want to make sure they're they're getting the most, you know, eyes on whatever they launch whenever they launch it. So um, managing honestly hasn't been the craziest thing I've had to deal with. It's more so just like those last minute phone calls that you have to kind of scramble on. That's that's when it kind of sends the world into a tizzy.
1: I think as a creator, this is a lot about someone when you're able to control the, the panic or kind of the unknown um and better position yourself to in a position that keeps the client happy and keeps you somewhat settled and having that baseline yeah. of hey this is what, what i'm doing and phrasing how you said coming up as a consecrator what are some lessons that you would tell to someone who's starting today
0: man that's a i would i would give them a lot of a lot of advice but The first one is be patient. You're not going to be amazing right away. You're also probably going to hate your work. Like, you're going, like I looked at, I remember creating, let's say when I went freelance officially in August of 2019, and I looked at my stuff from October that year to December, and I remember making it and hating it. I mean, this isn't good, I don't like it. And every single client I sent their stuff to, they're like, this is incredible, man, thank you so much. I'm like, are you sure? Like, I don't know. I, I recently switched all of my hard drives to just a backup drive just to have the final files and I rewatched a lot of them. Like, damn, these are dope. What was I thinking? Like, these are super sick. I was, man, I was in my bag making these. And I was sitting there I'm like, why did I doubt myself? Like, you're going to, you're, like I said earlier, you're going to be your worst enemy. You're not, you're not bad. You're just going to think everyone else is better than you. So cut, like, don't think that. Use them as inspiration. Be like, all right, I like that idea. I'm going to try that soon and figure it out. Um, the other piece of advice is don't go broke buying top-line of the stuff, especially now. What did this pandemic teach us? Is that we're able to create more with less. I've seen some of the best content made with an old Sony A, you know, 6400. Someone got off Facebook Marketplace for $500, then someone with the brand new, you know, Sony A7S III because they can't use it for shoots now. <laughs> so. you you use what you got i've seen some great stuff on iphones i've seen people you know using things that i've never even thought of using and you can create so much more than less and then three like and this is the biggest thing is, is is just believing in yourself you're on this path for a reason don't doubt your path um I want, when everybody, when I told people I wanted to do this, I wanted something, it wasn't about the money, it wasn't about, you know, anything else, it was more so about feeding my soul, because I had done the corporate life for so long, that I want to do something that made me happy, so whatever project I put together, or I'm a part of, or anything I accept now, has to be something that aligns with me, my morals, and my time, there's only one thing in life now, you really can't pay for, and that's your time. So use your time wisely, and if it's this is something you really want to do, invest your time into it, and you're going to be creative. I've, I've seen so many creators now who, or I know now who started five years ago, who are way better. One of my former interns, he had never edited a video, and now he's a feature editor at the New England Patriots. The kid is incredible, but he had no idea how to edit five years ago. It's just the time, the commitment and just believe in yourself. Again, we, you know, people who quit on themselves don't last long. So the reminder is if you really do this, do it. <laughs>
1: Go all in on that. I love that. You referenced uh, backing up. What are some and also not having the best equipment? What is the equipment that you're working with today? Mm-hmm. What are your go-to's that are always in your bag?
0: Well, ironically I said don't do this, but I actually have the new A7s No, but I think it I think
1: it's big I think the biggest thing and I want to reference is what you're saying is people overthink with what they have versus going out to create the products.
0: Right. I mean, how many many, times do you Don't tell
1: yourself, no, that you can't do it versus this is what I got and work with you with what you got. And then once you hit that point, you'll know of saying, all right, like I'm at here and I need to level up to this. You get to that point. So you're someone who's put in the time, who's put in the work, who understands the equipment and what you need. For your own use. So, what does that bag look like for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, before I even answer, think about think about how many times do we post stuff, and some of the first camera uh, questions is, "What camera are you using?" So, <laughs> the camera didn't do the work I did. It's just, like, I learned how to use it um, before I upgraded my kit beforehand. I I had when I moved back here to Chicago, I had purchased, and it's actually right behind me. It's right. It's here. It's a Sony A7. R2. I bought it off a guy on eBay for $300. It was the the, uh, the monitor was broken. And yo, yeah. And, like He was like, well, just, just like everything's great. Just the monitor's broken. I'm like, what are you talking about? Exactly. I was just, I'm like, I can't, I gotta, I gotta see what I'm shooting, bro. What are you talking about? I gotta look at my settings. How am I gonna? <laughs> He's like, well, if you buy a monitor, it'll be fine. I'm like, I gotta buy a second piece. That's what I thought I had it. So then, you know, we try to, I kind of call Sony, like, hey, man, secondhand market, sorry. So I ended up buying a monitor, getting it fixed, and I was just running with this handheld kit for for that cam for over a year. And the biggest thing I had done is I I worked with one of my buddies, um, Matt Miniego, who, oh, he's a creative director for his company, Creative West, out in the Bay Area. And I was like, hey, man, I'm running this, and he knows really good about, like, picture profiles and just color grading. I'm like, I need to be able to shoot this in the best color possible I need you to brainstorm me some like how we get this, and he's he's very like intuitive with in regards to the Sony like the Sony DSLR So we put together a color profile, and I ran with that and just used it all last year during the late when I was running with the Lakers during um, their championship run pre bubble, um, and that was my go-to just all handheld. I was taking photos, video, I was doing everything on it, and I hated taking photos on that camera because the shutter speed was slow. So once things got better, my new camera bag. Some so more wait, I want to talk about the new one.
1: Yeah. You were using that camera that didn't have a monitor. You bought an attachment monitor. What monitor was that one? Do you remember the one you were whipped? Um
0: around? Yeah, it was like a it was like a like a fifty-five dollar one from Amazon. I can't even remember the name. I know I have it around or somewhere. I love
1: that. I love that. No, this, w- this is to my point where we're getting to. You Broken monitor, you got a second one from Amazon less than hundred bucks. And yeah. you were using the same camera to shoot video and photo. Yeah. <laughs> what lens were you
0: using? Oh my god, dude! I was using the freaking uh, the stock lens that came. 15, I say, the it was twenty-eight like, by seventy. Not even that. No, no, no. It was uh, what is it? It was like the eighteen to one hundred five, like the like the super zoom joint that Sony had, like the four. Like a oh four somewhere. Yeah, like it was. It was. I mean, it it was maybe a hundred dollars for someone sold it to me, and I'm like, whatever, bro. We're gonna make it work. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't have, I didn't have – I didn't have anything.
1: And with that kit, you started
0: shooting who? Oh, dude, I shot uh, Javelle McGee with the Lakers on that. Uh, Troy Daniels was on the Lakers at the time. I did a, I did two shoots for Blavity Door, and DoorDash with that here in Chicago. And I'm just like, oh, my God, they're going to hate this. Like, they're going to hate that. I hate it. And I just left the team. We were using Reds. We were using the brand-new Sony's. Like, I was like, this is gonna be bad. And everyone was like, no, bro, this is great. Like, great job. I'm like, are you sure? Cause like, I notice it, <laughs> like, I feel like it's bad. And I like, no, this is actually fantastic. So it just, once I really learned the ins and outs of that camera, I was like, okay. And as you know, if you've worked with Sony's like their menu system before now was atrocious. Like there's so many options. Um but if you learn your equipment, you can do whatever you want. I, I know someone who does great, did great work with a GoPro session, like three years ago, <laughs> it was like kill it. So if if he could do that, I could, I could definitely, I was definitely working on that. And now, I mean, we still keeping the kit. It's just my gaming streamer, uh, streamer cam now, and uh, you know, putting us like the Hall of Fame over there. <laughs> and Now we we've upgraded to a different little setup and Set up today. So right now, it's actually I have it right here. Um, so right now I have this Sony A7S III, um, obviously with the video Pro X mic, and then on the lens right now I got the one point, uh, 50 1.8. So right. 90, I mean, 50. I mean, oh man, this was actually a Christmas gift. a Christmas gift from my wife, um, pretty recently because I wanted a 50. But beforehand I usually run because of the games and how fast NBA was moving at the time. I was running it at 2470 or 7200. Um, when I was in L.A. or I recently just went to Cleveland to shoot with JaVel not uh, not too long ago. Um, and, I mean, the colors on that thing are, are ridiculous. And you can obviously shoot, like, 4K and slow-mo and that thing. So it's
1: – What's one uh, funny story you could have or you could share with us working with an athlete, uh, something – or I think more so instead of funny, a moment where you had to pivot as a creator, where you were shooting something and then they're like, hey, scrap that and shoot this which happens nine out of 10 times through my own experiences, but yeah. Uh, here one from you.
0: Oh man. Um, and don't shoot that. Shoot this. Let's see. Um, okay. So we're doing a workout. Uh, we're doing a recent um, basketball workout out in Los Angeles with JaVale. And I think, uh, I think DeAndre Jordan was there and yeah, it was DeAndre Jordan with the first, right before he got traded to that at the time. Anyway, he was <laughs> they were working out and is well, honestly he's very tech savvy. I don't know if a lot of people follow the social media. He's very good with content.
1: I saw he uh, was blogging during the bubble.
0: Yeah. So I mean we'll get into that too. <laughs> um, but will but he's very like he understands content well, that's why him and I work so well together. Um so I was filming him and I was kind of doing like a panning up shot from his feet up. To get like this nice hero shot of him right on the hoop and he stops me immediately and goes hey don't shoot don't do that i looked i was like do this all the time what's he's like my feet were crossed I, I look i look real i look real i look real weird like right they like what are you talking about look back at the footage and his legs were literally crossed like this so he was like <laughs> it was just this weird look and he's like i don't i don't like that look let suit again so he does it again and he's now trying so hard not to like cross, like cross his leg because he does it out of the top of his mind while he's waiting that anytime he sees me he the like, stop, don't do it, stop, don't do it. He scrapped the entire shoot afterwards. He was like, bro, I did it like 10 times. I don't want to see any of that footage. I'm like, bro, you did a dunk, you did this. He's like, no, scrapped the whole thing. Like, we're going to try it again tomorrow. So I had a pivot and we ended up doing like this day in the life of him and his daughter, um, like at home for like a piece of the content that's coming out later. But I was like, I was like bro, we just spent four. hours and you're cut you're cutting the entire thing because you crossed your legs like three times. Um so it was I mean it's just it's just funny because that's how a lot of these guys think right they want to they want to give across like the certain branding of themselves which makes sense especially a guy like him like he's been ridiculed for so long and people mess with him and stuff and now we worked so hard to kind of build back his imagery um within the within the public eye so I understand his. I think a, I think another one was actually, this was at Golden State, is we were on the road and Nick Young was doing, and I, I love that I just brought up Swaggy P because I haven't talked, I haven't done it in a minute, but Swaggy P was doing between the legs dunks at practices. It was me and my videographer, and he was shooting on a, a Sony, um, God, I can't remember off the top of my head right now. Um, but he was shooting on his overhead, uh, on the shoulder, man. He was shooting on that. Nick Young went through his legs and he missed it right here, right? Like he missed it through his arm and it flew through his legs. Nailed my cameraman straight in the, not the face, the lens, like straight in the lens on his shoulder. And Nick, (laughs) I'll never forget. Nick runs over, picks him up. He goes, bro, oh my God, did you get that shot? And we were like, (laughs) like, what? Like what? He's like, bro. I gotta see that. That's probably crazy through the camera. So, and of course he did. And he was recording, but you see, like you see the ball coming, and it just the camera just falls straight to the ground. It was it was incredible. But it's just funny a guy like that. Like he's not like, hey, are you all good? Like, are you okay? Did I hurt you? His first, cam- and of course he asked those things. But his first was like, bro, did you get that shot? Because that shot was probably nuts.
1: When you're working with all these different athletes and different people and organizations you referenced a conversation earlier in the podcast and how we just brought up pivoting. I yeah. think an important factor that must be brought up is attitude and how you're able to communicate with them on the spot and always allowing them to get their message across and you not take it personal as a creator. Mm-hmm. How have you handled that? So for some, my personal experience is that I say, I always tell the client, I say yes to everything they want to do. And then I can make the decision in post if we use it or not. So it yep. makes them happy, unless we're, you know, we're doubling up on something that I believe doesn't make any sense. But nine out of 10 times, I say, let's do it <coughs> and move forward. And then we're able to keep going. How do you handle taking ridicule? And you it a little bit with JaVale, but mm-hmm. um, what, are, what is that like? I, I would love for you to reference ego. Because it's evident that you don't have that when you're shooting with them. It's kind of like, all right, let's do it. Let's keep going.
0: Yeah, I mean, we all have, as creators, we love to protect our art, right? And no matter whenever we press record, it's we feel like it's our part of us. It's our, it's not only their story, but it's our story. And, and we have to remind ourselves that when we're working for a client, the work is for them. Like, first and foremost, the work is for them. They have hired us to tell their story within our lens, which is great. And we can give our feedback to them and give our notes to them. But if they're passionate about something, it's not your place to hold that up it's not your place to tell them hey that i don't think that's going to work too much or hey if they want to try something try it like <clears throat> excuse me try it because if you don't they're going to be more they're going to be more offended that you said that then you're going to be offended that you that they even asked you to try it so how i've handled is yeah i record and shoot everything like, no questions asked and then in post i'll look at it and be like, hey, I want you to see this part that you recommended. I don't think it's going to fit, but I want to get your opinion before I place it in here. What do you think? And they'll watch it and be like, nah, that didn't work. You're all right. I'm like, all right, cool. Keep it as that. We keep pushing on. And that is, that's really how I just navigate that. It's just a hey, water on the bridge, keep it moving. I know a lot of folks, I've recently had a shoot um, with someone and they were like almost nitpicking with the client on site. And I'm like, hey, bro, look, they've hired you and they've paid you this amount of money. Like, if it's not outside of what you asked, you've agreed to do, why are you arguing it? Like, <laughs> there's no reason to do it. Well, it's a way, you know, it's a waste of my time. Now I got to go through the edit and it's another clip I got to worry about. So what? Like, so what, dude? Like get that ego out of there and just do that work. You're going to be, trust me, you doing that one thing is going to help them remember you more th- than you fighting them. Cause once you fight with them on something, they're never going to want to bring you back because They felt like you didn't hear their ideas. And that's my biggest thing is one of my biggest things regardless to this question is I'm filming everything I'm shooting everything. And we're going to figure that shit out and post because we can figure out a story there. And Hey, if it's something you have an idea on, and that's the best thing about it, right? If you're working with these athletes or high profile people and they now feel creative, you're going to get a lot better content out of it, regardless if it works or not, because this is them learning as a storyteller themselves So you'd like to see the progress with this and you can kind of see it through these these ideas and clips that you're pressing record on and may never use.
1: What can you teach people about your work? You're working with so many different personalities and experiences. What is one thing that you can teach people about your work and what you're doing?
0: Uh, The first thing I would teach people is uh, you don't need to go to a fancy film school or you don't need to go to you know, you enroll four or five years, hey, if that's how you learn, I'm not knocking it, go ahead and do it. I'm just saying you don't have to. I know a lot of creators who are self-taught. We talked about YouTube University a little bit. Like there's ways to do it. Those things like Skillshare and other, other platforms you can use to learn the game. The thing that they can learn about me is that, again, you don't have to use the craziest stuff to make the greatest stuff one of the the things that I do right now in regards to storytelling is we talked about JaVel McKee's vlog a little bit. I could not be in the bubble due to the pandemic. I mean, it was, it's locked in. It's safe like this. JaVel, I had to essentially teach him how to shoot off this camera in a certain way for him to record himself. So I was buying certain equipment, doing the research of something that's an easy point and shoot. And trust me, if, I can get someone like that, him, guys like Troy Daniels, Quinn Cook, whomever, to just use a point and shoot camera to create something that has gone viral and you know, millions of views on YouTube and whatever. Then you can do that on your cell phone that now apparently is trying to compete with big rig cameras and make something of that. Um, and then overall for me, it's just the storytelling aspect. Everything has a story, and that's the biggest thing I try to teach anybody who comes under my wing where I work with is if you have if you have uh, footage, what story can you tell with that footage? And it may not be something your client's just going to give you something to say, figure it out. And I've had that happen multiple occasions. Hey, I think there's a story within this, but can you see if you can find one? Yeah, absolutely. And you might have to think a little bit outside the box, right? Is it, hey, I need a VO now? Or, hey, do I need some written text to kind of push the narrative? Hey, do I need Um, some stock footage to kind of tie it together to transition day to day. What do I need to help make this a full-fledged story? And that's one of the bigger things people will learn from me is that, you know, even with the lack of resources, the lack of assets, you can still tell a story. Um, It just depends on how good that story is going to be. That's all.
1: (laughs) I think my greatest lesson from this podcast and everything you're telling me is quite the opposite of what you're saying is more so for someone like you, it's not the lack of resources. I think you're very resourceful with what you have. Yeah. You bought a camera that, to be honest with you, I'm surprised you even bought it. I, I probably wouldn't have bought a camera that didn't have the monitor working. But then you told yourself, hey, this is what I got. I'm going to buy a monitor for it and attachment to it. And you made it work. And on top of that, you bought a lens that typically most creators, even if you're not new in the game, you know, it's like one-on-one. You don't use a stock lens just because the quality but you made it work and i think that's the greatest takeaway from this whole podcast is that you were you were resourceful with what you have and the situation you were in you weren't going to let it go and that goes to show even with javel hey you couldn't be there but you put the right tools in his hand to do what you need to do which is to capture that content And i remember at one point if i'm not mistaken that first bubble video was trending like top five on youtube because he was the only person doing that
0: yeah uh him and matisse stival from the sixers both released a vlog i think we released it 24 hours after matisse's first one um but we released more like i think matisse released once a week and we were releasing three a week and i i was one of the things where i was like hey bro just keep filming i don't care what your day looks like i don't like don't try to force things just press record let life happen i'm gonna piece it together and every day he would do a Dropbox dump uh, that I would download. I would literally go through all the selects, put them all together, and we push them out. And then literally, I think we had 11 episodes before the playoffs, 11 or 12, and seven of them went like seven of them went viral, quote unquote. Three of them were trending on YouTube. And one was like number three trending in the U.S. and like ten in the world at one point, and I lost it. Like I was at my house, like I was here, in my I was freaking out. I was like, "This is this is what the what video and where?" Like I was getting text messages from people like, "Bro, you're never gonna believe your video is doing this and da da da." And it wasn't the craziest idea. Like it wasn't like people vlog all the time. It was just, you know, one, it was a lot of good things happening at one time. We have a great personality in Javel who kind of knows how to carry his story and people respond to it. Two, he was playing on the the best team uh, in in the NBA at the time, but two of the most prolific players within the NBA. So people are looking to see if they're a part of it. Three, it's an inside look, not only to this team, it's being a story told by a player on this team who at the time, if you remember, he was a starter. You know what I mean? He was a starter with those guys. And then, t- four, you're getting other players to interact with this and really show themselves on camera, which was unheard of at the time. Uh, next to just documentaries that you would see on it, right, because we had just got off the last dance high. That just had happened um, on Netflix and ESPN. So now people were just thirsty for that, that content. And then the last point is the bubble was so exclusive there were only so many cameras allowed in there. So now you're getting the real bubble story from a player experiencing it. Um, and it was, just a great, it was a great thing to kind of do, which is a perfect storm of things that were happening. So I, I mean, i worked my butt off on those, uh, but I'm proud of the results of that because for that, we were able to grow his page. He went from, I think he started, from like thirty thousand, and now it's because he had like music videos on there because he's a music producer and things of that nature um to just over six hundred seventy thousand, now, i believe like and it was man i'll never forget he went from like that to a hundred thousand in like two days and i get like an email from youtube like hey we want to send this plaque i'm like this plaque like what are you talking about so <laughs> they're like oh for 100k you get this like i have it appear like hanging and i'm like this is the crazy oh, he, he lets dish.
1: you he lets you keep it
0: Oh, we both got one. We both oh, okay, got one. Okay. So they'll That's send cool. they'll send one that, they'll send one to the creator, and then you, the creators can order like more. So we oh, both okay. got one. Um, but it was it was nuts, man. So I mean, now like it was crazy at that point because then I was getting interviews from like Sports Illustrated, ESPN, uh, ESPN Bleacher Report. People hit hitting me up like, "Yo, they want to talk to you about this." I'm like, "This is insane! Like, this is this is insane to do!" Like. It, it it didn't seem like a big deal to me, but I love that everyone loved it because we were living at a time where people were just so thirsty for stories of this time, and and it, it was just a great experience. So, and again, that that whole thing wasn't shot on the craziest thing. I think Javell's camera was an A six thousand five hundred on a stock lens with a, an old road mic until I was like, "Hey, we got to upgrade this because this is like your footage is looking kind of bad." <laughs> it was like yeah. when you beat. And then we, I think I ordered him the um, the Sony ZV-1, which is what him and Troy Daniels and a couple of guys I, I advise to use now when they're doing vlogs, just a lot easier to carry. Because there's a photo, I don't know if I have it, um, of JaVel literally showing his camera outside of the, the championship parade, which is pretty much a bunch of people waiting at the airport when they arrived. And you're like, yeah, man, that thing's got to be retired after this. Like, it was just a huge thing to be lugging around. I remember his monitor, he didn't have like the flip monitor, right? So he bought an attachment to where, if he flipped the monitor up a little bit, the reflection would then look at him, and then he could see his camera. Like it was, it was ghetto. Like lack of a better term, we ghetto rigged it and made it work, man.
1: <laughs> so what is the camera? I'm curious for people. What is the camera that you recommend now? You recommended it to them, and it's been working. The vlog one.
0: Yeah, um, I'm a big fan. I have. A, I'm actually broadcasting you on it right now. It's a Sony ZV1. Um, they call it Sony's YouTuber vlogger camera. Um, and it comes as its own vlog kit within Sony. So it'll come with that, like a handle attachment. Um, I thought I had it on my desk, but little handle attachment. Um, and then you can add a, a road mic, and it are, but it already comes with like a, a, a rabbit still on it. So, I mean, it works great. Like the color, like you can see right here, the like color is perfectly fine. All this is autofocus. Like it's not the hardest thing to use. And it's potent shoot. Like it does great photos. Um, another thing I, I tell people with this is there's a wide lens attachment. You can get off Amazon for $50 and it'll just, it'll just widen this all out. So you get a little bit more of your background. So this um,
1: is, is, is the attachment on it right now or not?
0: No. So this I actually haven't zoomed, yeah, have zoomed in right now, but this is, let me see that's zoomed in. This is the widest it goes right here. Uh, that's pretty good. Right. But, it, but the, with the handle, right? The handle's going to be closer. So mm. you'll want it a little wider. So. Um, but yeah That's great this is, That's that. really what I recommend And then um, If they want like The lavalier mic I use these uh, Task you know, can. Else does? No I actually Because again Guys We want to keep it easier but, Like They want that real So I just use these Little go road Oh go the road mics, mics. Okay Because um, then you can Just clip this on the lapel Let it ride And get it moving And then you can Obviously have the The wind flag on there And call it a day you found those
1: helpful? I haven't used those. Would you recommend them? you love them?
0: Yeah, I have uh, Oh, lot of super helpful, man. Like before before the uh, pandemic, I would usually – so I don't know if a lot of people ever noticed this, but at Lakers games, we used to have one tucked in Javel's like, like, warm-ups. And I would record him while he's doing his warm-ups, interacting with players. We haven't released a lot of players yet. But it's him in, like, the huddle. And you would hear, like, him, like, like the players cussing and, like, LeBron talking and him talking talking with players and, and the players all knew who was Mike. Like we never kept it a secret, but at the end, I'll never, at the end of every like player introduction, right? Like here come your Lakers and they get ready for tip off and all the camera. That's when you see all the cameras like scatter and then guys are doing handshakes and all that type of stuff. He would always run up to me. He would go like this, give me a handshake. And it's just us exchanging the mic. And then I would run off court because he can't, you can't have audio equipment during game time. So (laughs) unless it's approved by the NBA, but at that point, we were like, "All right, we're just going to record it this time." Wow, I love that little so inside. Just, yeah, so it was it was a way to like get away with that. So we're I'm actually I'm gonna I'm gonna start because uh, I want to start doing my own YouTube page. Like everyone for years, is like, bro, why don't you just do one? Like because I'm doing everybody else's. Right. So I need. <laughs> so so I that's wanna, the
1: life of a creator, man. I think right. I can relate to that, which is. This is a great example. So recently I've gotten into TikTok management. I had, there's, I have bought a bunch of CEOs, but there's one specifically. He has an amazing life. Like he tells it through Instagram stories and I would always DM him like, dude, just post this on TikTok, post this on TikTok. We went to, I went to an event in Arizona. I saw him. I go, Hey, airdrop me like a couple videos. Let me run your TikTok. He was cool. Then the first five days, every video was getting a quarter million, half a million, a million. Easy he went crazy and then i was able to you know convince him to do management for it or to negotiate you know i proved mm-hmm. my work right and by saying hey this is what i'm doing i'll consistently do this for you for the next 30 to 90 days he said done a couple days after that a friend of his reached out and said hey i see what you're doing with his can you do it for me little did i know storytelling which is you know how you branded yourself yeah. he had amazing content as well traveling the world and doing many different things. He had one video though, that got my attention. It was a 10 minute video he sent me with his yacht sinking and he was in it. And I said, oh. he said to me, do you think this will do good? I said, I believe so.
0: Oh um, yeah.
1: <laughs> For I have screenshots of this, posted it, 12 hours later, a million. Every hour after that, it went up a million. His following, it was his third video I posted, went from 68 followers to 70,000 in less than two weeks. and this goes back to what you're saying it took i I was on my tiktok and i've had it for a year and a half and i have a good following but more so your attention sometimes will be towards the client which is fine and you know how to direct them position them Mm -hmm. and i i can totally agree with you as you're saying you're your hardest critic for my content i find this to be so hard (laughs) and i started you know i actually bought this i bought this to vlog okay Okay, yeah yeah and I'm still, I still need to edit my Christmas, my birthday from last month, all this Dude. stuff that I have going on versus, you know, focusing, you know, it's what we do. We focus on the client. That's yes. why we're, we're in the service business. But I, I deal with that personally. So I can hundred percent agree as a creator where you have that, not a rut, but more so that intimidation factor. Where you're like, hey, I need to produce something at this level consistently because of who I'm working with and what I'm doing. Right. Um, and you know, anyone listening or watching, I think, Hearing it from someone like you who's established, recognized, and worked with notable individuals, and someone like myself, where you feel that you always have to level up, which isn't a bad thing, but more so allowing it to come out. And honestly, dude, I didn't know you get a plaque for 100,000 on YouTube. I only post recently, I've been posting my full length uh, uh, podcasts on it, blogging, yeah. not consistently. President, like, damn, that would be pretty cool to look up on my wall right now and see that. I didn't even know they would give that out. Yeah, kind of like cool. The
0: silver, silver play button. It's super dope. I will never forget because I got the email was like YouTube creator reward. I was like, oh what? <laughs> what is this thing? But going back to what you're saying about just like developing your own stuff as a creator, like we are so good at telling other people's stories and we are awful at telling our own sometimes. I literally have this entire this entire hard drive is client stuff and like Half of it is my behind the scenes blogs of like stuff that I did. And I just, am like, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get, I'll never get to it. And then, <laughs> so like, it just sits there and looks at me like, what are you going to get to? Me? Like we're waiting, we're waiting. And I'm like, shit, me too, man.
1: We all go through that. Now that you just showed that someone who's a creator, who's listening or watching, mm-hmm. what is your funny enough right here? I got gotcha. you.
0: Oh, there Walking we go. The
1: same, always. What is your external hard drive of choice?
0: Um, so I'm actually very new to Lacey Gay. Like I'm very new to this. I got this is one from eight months ago. My wife, my wife, being the amazing woman she is, decided to put like handmade stickers on them. So she put like an NBA trophy on this one because I would take this one roll with me continuously. Um before that though, I would use where is it? I don't know if it fell, but is that like it's the little Samsung's? Um
1: It's amazing that you brought that up the SSDs.
0: SSDs. Yes, the SSDs, yes. I'm just trying to find my own areas, but those are those are my go-tos. Like beforehand, I would use like the western, you know, Western Washington digital drives. And I didn't, I didn't really like just the speeds on them. And my buddy was like, here's a Samsung, try this, try this SSD. I didn't go back, I haven't been back to sense to anything else because that SSD speed is ridiculous.
1: So I want people listening and watching Because recently myself, this Lacey I've heard every year I try to purchase new one for the year and that's Mm -hmm. why I target it with the year and or I pin it down with the year on a Sharpie. I've learned and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I recently read articles to better understand hard drives and solid state drives, which is what you're referring to SSDs. The reason they're more expensive is because the upload speed that you're able to transfer from your SD card onto your external, which as a creator, if you're saving time, you're saving money. So, you're saying based off of your experience, because I can't talk because I don't own one, that that's something that you highly recommend to invest into, and then also that you find the most suitable when you're traveling?
0: Uh, Absolutely. Oh, uh, God. I want, now I just want to show it to you. Man. Oh, here we I go. See, Here's it's, one.
1: Like, it's like this big, right? Yeah. It's like a little... Here we go. This
0: is, so, this is the Samsung T9, right? So, this is the Samsung portable SSD, T5, sorry, T5. They just released their the T7. T7 Shout so, so right? out to Iron Man on this one. So, um, this read speed is ridiculous. I couldn't tell you the numbers on it, but I remember dropping like 12 and a half to 13 gigs on a project. And it was like five minutes. And I was like, are we sure? Like, are we sh-? Like, I was, like I was panicked. And I remember having my Western Digital and was like, all right, this is going to take 15 minutes. And I only had remember running as a creator, shooting basketball games. I have 15 minutes at halftime to dump a card format it, and get ready for that next head. Now I was able to get the SSD, but not only am I able to dump the card, I have almost eight to nine minutes to start pulling some selects for my post game edit. And I couldn't believe it. I could not believe how fast these things are. So, um, and I just watched a YouTube video with, uh, what's her name, Sarah Dishi. I know she's a YouTube blogger, but does a lot of tech stuff. And she just was speaking about the Samsung T7 SSD. And the read speeds on it. So if anybody's interested in that, I would say definitely go check that out. Um, it's um, apparently it's unbelievable. It's even faster than this one. So trust me, twenty twenty one here soon. I'm about to get one of those and see the read speeds on it because it's I cannot believe how fast those are. Not and, and my buddy was right. He was like, bro, get this. I think this one right here, this this uh, one I have right here is 500 gigs. Um, it wasn't as expensive, but yeah, it's gonna be way more expensive than a standard hard drive but it's so worth the money. And it's less to carry because some of those hard drives are bulky. Um, it makes your overall workspace a lot less to handle on the road because, you know, these, I don't know if you use Windows or Mac, but like when MacBook, like, you know, it's, you all got those Thunderbolt only, like ports. These are perfect for that versus having to get an adapter and now you got to put the adapter. So like, this just saves so much time and effort. Um, so highly recommend it.
1: I love that. I love Hearing you say that makes it confident even more. With me, I had that in my Amazon cart. Look, literally, the T7. <laughs> I was looking at the WD uh, My Passport one. It's like a travel one as well. Oh, and I know. So I, haven't,
0: I haven't played with that one. But, I mean, if you can get if it's got good read speeds on it, man, I would say check it out.
1: Amazing. Um, Devin, I appreciate you, man. I appreciate your time. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast dropping you know these stories knowledge advice tips equipment you told it all uh where's the best place that people could find you
0: man uh people can find me on instagram at dismay spelled d-i-s-m-a-y-m-e just to play on my last name same at twitter um and if you ever want to check out a live editing session or hang out with me on twitch it is known as light skin panther um, hilarious little play on name My buddy made me and I just never changed it. So check me out there. But, man, thank you so much for the time. we definitely been chopping it up. I truly, truly, truly appreciate it, brother. Oh, thank you, man. <laughs>